Welcome to This Week in the Lectionary, a podcast for looking at, listening to, and lingering in the weekly scriptures found in the Revised Common Lectionary. Faith comes from hearing, so let us together hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Lectionary for Christmas Day, Set 1, is Isaiah 9, 2-7. Psalm 96, Titus 2, 11-14, and Luke 2, 1-20. In our scriptures this week, we will read about why Jesus' birth is a great light in the darkness, why the whole universe should celebrate God's kingship in Christ, what this means practically for those of us who recognize Jesus as king, and why the circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth Give us a glimpse into what kind of king Jesus is, what his kingdom will look like, and who his kingdom is for. We begin with prayer. O God, you make us glad by the yearly festival of the birth of your only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that we, who joyfully receive him as our Redeemer, may with sure confidence behold him when he comes to be our judge, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading comes from Isaiah chapter 9. In the preceding verse, Isaiah has recalled the former time when the northern territories, Zebulun and Naphtali, were conquered by the Assyrians. But he writes, in the latter time, God will return these lands to Israel. He will make glorious Galilee. Israel, the northern kingdom, and Assyria attacked Judah, the southern kingdom, in an attempt to secure Judah's help in throwing off Assyrian domination. But, against Isaiah's advice, King Ahaz of Judah formed an alliance with Assyria. The result was that Assyria annexed Zebulun and Naphtali, including Galilee, and Judah paid a hefty annual tribute to Assyria. Judah also acquiesced to some Assyrian religious practices. In its historical context, today's reading may relate to the birth of Ahaz's son, Hezekiah. Good things were expected of him. He was expected to be the light at the end of the tunnel, but Hezekiah did not fulfill the expectations expressed here. Isaiah later transfers his hope to a future undefined time. In our reading today, the first verses foresee Ahaz's heir restoring the northern territories. As when Gideon led the people of Israel to defeat the Midianites, a vastly superior force with God's help, the people will be freed from Assyrian oppression. Gideon's war was a holy one, and so will be the one with the Assyrians. In a holy war, the victor takes no bounty, so the spoils of war will be burned. Then, the child born to us, Judah, is a gift from God, powerful, a counselor himself, so he will not be led astray as Ahaz was by false counselors, a caring and loving father to his people, and a king who brings peace and prosperity, as promised by God to David in 2 Samuel. Verse 7 reaffirms God's covenant with David regarding his dynasty. This kingdom will, through God's zeal, be eternally based on justice and godliness. To us, Christ fulfills this promise. Isaiah 9, beginning in verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. 
they rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the trampling warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 96. This psalm celebrates God's kingship. The singing of a new song signifies the start of a new era, in the same manner that the ark received a new cart for its journey to Jerusalem. All peoples are invited to sing to the Lord and share in God's kingship. In verses 1 through 3, there's a summons to worship. In verses 4 to 5, God is more to be revered than other gods. In fact, all other gods are just idols. It is God who is creator. Then in verse 8, we're called to recognize him as the supreme God. He is to be held in awe by all of humanity. Then in the final verses, we're told to let the whole universe rejoice in God, now and when he comes as judge. His basis for judgment of all people will be godliness and truth. Psalm 96. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the whole earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is more to be feared than all gods. As for all the gods of the nations, they are but idols, but it is the Lord who made the heavens. O oh, the majesty and magnificence of his presence! O oh, the power and the splendor of his sanctuary! Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord honor and power. Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Tell it out among the nations. The Lord is king. He has made the world so firm that it cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea thunder and all that is in it. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood shout for joy before the Lord when he comes, when he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The second reading comes from Titus chapter 2. In verse 1, the author has admonished his readers to teach what is consistent with sound doctrine. They are to teach and practice good ethical behavior, proper living in their life setting, the household, so that the word of God may not be discredited. How are they and we to do this? The grace of God, personified in Christ, has come to bring salvation to all people, to enable us to renounce what is immoral and to live virtuous lives. 
we are to live virtuously while we await the second coming of Christ, who is God and Savior. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was so that we might be cleansed from sin, be redeemed from slavery to sin, receive forgiveness of sins, be made godly, and be people who live ethically. Titus 2, beginning in verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and worldly passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. The Word of the Lord. The Gospel comes from Luke chapter 2. Luke is concerned to place Jesus in the timeline of history as a real human being. We know of Augustus' attempt to clean up the taxation system, as well as requiring more reasonable practices of tax collectors. He introduced a truly equitable tax, a poll tax. Every 14 years, a census was held. People were required to present themselves in their ancestral towns to register for the tax. Records are fragmentary, but we know that a census was held by Quirinius of Syria in about 6 to 7 AD. Perhaps Judea was included in a census of 8 to 7 BC, the first registration. From Matthew 2, we know that Herod the Great sought to kill Jesus by slaughtering all children aged two or less. Because Herod died in 4 BC, Jesus was born no later than 6 BC. Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem, the city of David, to be registered. Jesus is born in Bethlehem in fulfillment of the prophecy of Micah 5, a shepherd king is to be born there. Jesus is treated like any other newborn of the time, he's wrapped in cloths. But there may be a message in his being born in a manger. Animals normally feed from them. Jesus is sustenance for the world. We learn the meaning of Jesus' birth. Those who hear the pronouncement by the angel are shepherds, lowly people. David, too, was a shepherd. In Luke, Jesus comes to the poor, the lowly. The message of Christ's birth is indeed a joyful one for all. Verse 11 mentions our great claim as to who Jesus is, Savior, Messiah, and Lord. As Savior, he restores us to wholeness, rescues us from sin and alienation from God. In Jesus, God is present with sinners and saves us from destructive self-isolation to union with him in a nurturing community. As Messiah, he inaugurates the era of heavenly peace. The end time has begun. As Lord, he is God come in human form. The kingdom is for all those whom God has chosen. In the final verses of the passage, the shepherds visit Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They tell them and many others the good news the angels have told them. Luke 2, beginning in the first verse. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and all the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you, for you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. The Word of the Lord. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on This Week in the Lectionary. We hope you'll join us also in our discussion group throughout the week. And if you know anyone who would benefit from or be a benefit to this community, feel free to share with them. May his word be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path in the coming week.